Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave-driving jerk. And now it's time for expert analysis from the best in the game. This is Be She's Wrestling with Mike Davidson. I'm a former producer of wrestling, and I had to tell people, here's what I need in a promo, here's what I need in a match, and here's why you have to do it. You tried to be cute, you tried to be clever, and you came off undervaluing the guy the promoter is paying thousands of dollars to get into the ring with you. Special guest star, the Becca Shane Madison. Madison. Jealousy is something that the Mecca Shane Madison has had to deal with my entire life. It doesn't matter because I guarantee that the Mecca will win. And producer Chris. He's just a money-making machine, that guy. As somebody who's featured regularly on their program, I don't think he's going to be able to take enough time away from his other adventures. The guy is a mogul. And now, she's wrestling. She's wrestling. One of the most influential people I think I ever met in my life was introduced to me by the Mecca Shane Madison. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were introducing me. Oh, that was one. Of you the are most. actually one of the most influential. <laughs> I was gonna say thank you. Yeah. You are one of the most influential people I've ever met, uh, and you've introduced me to a lot of influential people. And when I say influential, I mean their impact on my life was massive, and. Today on DCs of the Rees, episode volume two of our of our series of DCs and episode ninety five, which was a great year I debuted in the wrestling business. Oh my gosh! Oh gosh! We're going to talk about Jeff Dick and the creation of Action Wrestling Entertainment. A W E. 2005. Yes. Actually, 2003 is oh, where it starts. That is correct. That is correct. And it starts with me being the booker and partner in Premier Championship Wrestling in August of 2003. Burnt out, full of piss and vinegar and frustration that we, we're in a holding pattern and I don't like it. Mm-hmm. We're not, the houses aren't where I like it. And I don't know what to do next. And Andrew and I are struggling and fighting. And I, I lose my passion for PCW. Wasn't it because he wanted to push Kenny on the top? And that was always your plan, Mm -hmm. but it's just he he wanted to... Very good point. So what ended up happening in August of 2003 was I didn't didn't think we could turn the business around in September. Mm -hmm. I said, listen, let's slow this down. And I had a date planned for November 10th, which I I think I wanted to call it a night to never forget or something like that playoff remembrance day and we were going to go and that's i was going to build to chi chi cruises the champion babyface losing to babyface kenny omega and he still had the title from when he beat me for it in the best of seven in january because i I believed that and and andrew's like no business is down let's do a title change and i was like i think the right move right now is slow this down slow burn it and get kenny as hot as possible hope tony's listening to win (laughs) to win the title and we we just weren't on the same page. And eventually it was like, there was a lot of other factors and I don't know, I, I don't know if I remember them all perfectly. Andrew's a very passionate guy. I'm a very passionate guy. We're both very stubborn. And I remember the night it was over and I just said, <laughs> it was over. I don't want to do this anymore. I quit. And that was it. I was done at premier championship wrestling and I went home and I remember a couple of days later, I'm sitting on my couch and Chris Rain and you and a few other people called me and said, it's not over. Let's do it somewhere else. And I was I, pretty burnt out at that time. Yeah. Too. We, I think we were both happy to just be away. Well, it's a, it's, here's the thing, right? 
when we were with Bobby, had you know had the world by the balls, and then Bobby just pissed it all away because he didn't take it seriously, unintentionally pissed it all yeah. away. I think he, I think there was a time where he could have really revved up, and he he was happy where he yeah. was. And that was like Andrew. We started PCW again with the best of intentions, had the world by the balls, and then Andrew kind of just became, you know, complacent. So I, that's what. You know, and again, it was complacency by necessity. Like we both were, our resources were, were kind of gone. That was right after the ring was stolen. Wasn't yeah, it? Uh, that happened in, I think September or October. Yeah. I think it was September. Yeah. yeah. Cause they backed up the ring truck into somebody's wall of their house. And so what ended, up happening, what ended up happening there is <laughs> that's the, a funny story. The PCW ring was in the back of a van. Yeah. Andrew parked that van on the street illegally. They towed <laughs> the van and it was registered to John Newen. Yeah. So John Newen picked up the van. Drove it to his cousin's place. His cousin was to go in and talk to Andrew and say, if you want the ring, you're going to pay 3000 or whatever it was. It was a sum of money. Andrew, still having the key to that van because he had it when it got towed, said, I'm not going to pay you anything. Piece of shit. <laughs> Piece <laughs> of cheese. And then he decided at the end of the night to go to that house where that van was parked and steal the van back. And it, with the ring in it, don't worry, Andrew, statute of limitations is gone. <laughs> and you, remove the ring. Yeah, remove the ring, took the van back. Yeah. So you didn't want to get nailed with Grand Theft Auto. And, he, and in his argument, he would say, the van isn't mine, but he, he argued the ring was his. The ring was John Newen's. We never paid for it. Right. So that was, um, that was PCW, and that was around the time that I leave. So I'm sitting at home, and Coyotes, the rival bar to PCW's, uh, home venue stratosphere calls and they say, we're thinking about doing wrestling and we go have a meeting with the owner of coyotes. And, and this was in the summer. Cause I remember talking to you about this at the beach yeah, at the Oasis. I think it was, well, I remember we were talking about this like almost every day. At I think the Oasis. that was WFX. Nope. Yeah. I think nope. it was 2007 when nope. we were starting to, well, maybe it's 2003. I, I don't I know remember for sure. going to Oasis in 2003, but anyway, so we're talking about it and Kerry K- Paul, who became a very influential person on me as well. He start, he calls and he said, listen, I want to do it. But I knew that they had already had talk with Ernie Todd about CWF. So we go, we make a presentation. In the basement of the in Palomino the basement Club. In the Palomino Club. And he, World famous Palomino And he Club. liked us. And he said, but what he didn't tell us is he'd already given a handshake to Ernie. He didn't tell me that. He said, you know, he said, show me that you can get the, the roster to come to my bar and prove that, <laughs> and prove that you can get the guys from the competition over. So I call the guys and say, Coyotes wants to do a deal. They're going to pay a guarantee. We're going to make more money. And all the guys come to the meeting. I don't think there wasn't too many people who didn't. Kenny Omega was at that meeting. John Cutler, I think Mentalo might've been at that meeting. Mm-hmm. And we have the meeting and Where I was the meeting. I come trying at Coyotes outside. Okay. Jeff Dick was having a heat magazine launch party behind the oh, old, yeah. okay. old vodka rocks. That's right. Okay. Which I think I can't Q club. I think it was called okay. anyway. So we have this meeting. And I leave believing that we're going to hear tomorrow that Coyotes wants to do a deal. So I go to bed and the next day, Kerry calls me and he said, I'm very sorry, but I had given my word and handshake and signed a contract with, with CWF. So I'm going to have to go with them. <laughs> and I was like, did I miss something? Did I, did I not, was there something I didn't cover? And he said, no, you did a good job. He said this, I'm not sure about this guy. And if it doesn't work, I'm calling you back. Because I don't know what this guy's about, but I did give him my word and I'm going to see it through. So I leave it and I'm, I'm enjoying my time away from wrestling in 2003. And in 
October of that year, after they've done six shows with the CWF and run their first run of the contract, Carrie calls me. I think you might've had a talk with Carrie or something. I did. Yep. And, and Jamie. Yeah. And then Carrie calls me and he's like, do you want to do it? And I said, I'm, he's like, come down and let's have a second talk. And in the second talk, I think Marty Goldstein might've been in the meeting with me, believe it or not. Carrie said, what do you want to do? And I said, this is what I want to do. And I said, it's going to cost this, but I'm going to bring in this. And we ended up doing a show with Dan Severin, Buff Bagwell, mm-hmm. and the best PCW guys we could get to jump over. Kenny what was Oma- the main event? Do you remember the main event to that Shane first show? Shane Madison and I believe Adam Knight against Chi-Chi Cruz and Buff Bagwell. Wasn't it me and, was it me and, was it me and Buff against Cheechin? Were you a Adam baby Knight? face or a heel? I think I was a, I want to say I was a baby face on that show. Then it, then Cruz was a heel. I think I was teaming with Buff. I think. Hmm. I know that it, those were the four yeah, guys. Yeah, that was it. I still have that poster at home. Yeah, the original AWE Coyotes poster. Yes. So in November eleventh, November eleventh, Jeff Dick was at the show. So my first meeting with Jeff Dick was this. Shane Madison knew um, Jeff Dick, and he said, "This guy wants to get involved. He's he owns a magazine. He wants to be involved in the entertainment business. He wants to meet with you. His name's Jeff Dick." So I get on the phone with Jeff Dick. And he says, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd love to meet with you. And so we meet, make a meeting to meet in Regent. And um, we uh, the Kildonan Crossing. And we, and we um, have our breakfast. And I brought my girlfriend to the meeting. And he brought his wife, Carissa. And uh, I, I've never had such an, he's such, he was such a charming individual. And he was very extroverted. And he was like, yeah, I, lo- I love your vision. I think, you know, you clearly know what you're doing. He said, I would love to be an investor. What I didn't know at that point is he didn't have money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he had any money, but I left that meeting going, I'm going to get paid to be uh, a, re- I'm going to get paid to run a wrestling company again. Like John Newen had paid me at one point in, in PCW. So I was like, this is great. He said, oh, I got an office on Sergeant or Sergeant. It's the heat magazine office. You should come down anytime. So we start having meetings, and I'm like, okay, this guy wants to do anything. And what was the Heat magazine again? I'm it was to... like a local entertainment magazine, yeah. but it was heavily geared towards having like sex appeal with women. Yeah, yeah. And it I was, still have a copy of that. Yeah, it, it, interesting. We should get pictures of that for the podcast. I should. I have it. So the, the meetings, we have consistent meetings, like very consistent meetings. They start and it, probably every couple of weeks. We just get together. And I wanted him to invest after the Coyotes show, mm-hmm. and he... And he was like, uh, I got a couple other things on the burner right now. I don't have, I don't have, I'm not quite liquid right now. And I remember Kerry Paul telling me, the owner of the Palomino Club, he said, are you doing business with, with Jeff Dick? And I said, well, I'm thinking about it. And he said, don't. And I was like, why? <laughs> the famous said, quote, here it is. He said, well, if you take a hundred percent of his promises, <laughs> cut it down to 90. He says, wait a minute, not 90. Cut it down 95, 99%. If you're happy with 1% deliverable, do the deal. <laughs> and I thought about like some of the promises he's made. I'd be ecstatic with 1%. Yeah. Like I'd be getting a lot of money. Yeah. At this time, Jeff was such an inter- interesting person. And he started taking an interest in wrestling and he started, you know, going out drinking with you and me and a couple of the guys. Saturday nights at Coyotes. Saturday nights at Coyotes and he was a good guy. Like somebody I like drinking with somebody who is a funny, he never understood. We have this thing when we're in a room and, and we, and we're watching women, (laughs) 
And we, if we think that they notice us, or if we, if they're excessively attractive, we might say the word to the other office and it means she checked you out or there was something there. So all night we're drinking together and he keeps hearing us go office, office. And he was like, he thought we had a fetish with interior design. <laughs> He's like, what is this office stuff? And I said, oh, that's what we say. He's like, oh, I thought you were talking about the office. Now you, you think it would be yeah. better placed here. We had office shirts made. Yes. Well, I didn't have one of those. That was a JC Dirksen thing. That was actually a Shane Madison thing. Okay. There you go. Yes. There you go. So coming soon. So all know. through 2004, he's on the fence and he's, he's talking about it, talking, talking, talking a huge game. It's hard not to get excited when somebody's telling you they want to do something amazing. Because even if it's not amazing, it still seems like it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. That's what Jeff Dick was like. And I remember we'd go to his house for pay-per-views. Only TNA pay-per-views. TNA. That's what, the only pay-per-view we wanted to watch was yep. total nonstop action. So we'd go and we'd watch TNA pay-per-views and we, he would have these insane inventions that he was, he would say, but no, he would, we'd watch. I, I remember like the back of the back of my hand, final resolution, 2005, January, right? Yep. yep. And he said, simple as this. There's no reason why we can't do this. Like yep. he would look at a TNA pay-per-view and, and think, think we could do that yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> and so he was like, Vince McMahon doesn't know business. So you have to start every sentence with simple. Simple as this. Vince McMahon knows wrestling and doesn't know business. I know business. Scott Steiner doesn't know business. Yes. We'll tell that story in this episode. <laughs> so he was so like almost, he lived in a, in a world, an optimist world. I'm not going to say he was delusional, but he, he just thought he could do anything. How about some of his creations? That's what I wanted to say. So we're at his house for a TNA pay-per-view and he said, <laughs> You want to see the next million dollar product? And Shane Madison says, sure, show me. He went to the fridge or the cupboard and he brought this thing that's some sort of spread. And he said, that's the next million dollar creation. That's going to be on every grocery store shelf. And you said, well, what, what is this? And he's like, that's honey butter. <laughs> it's a mix of honey and butter all in one product. And you can't say when you're a guest in someone's house, you can't say, I don't think this works or you're <laughs> yeah. insane. So you're like, wow, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, sure. Pass. That yeah. Would, yeah, if he, this had been shark. That's tank. only the first one. Yeah. yeah. Another time we're at his house and he said, do you want to see the next million dollar creation? <laughs> and this was a very billion dollar creation because million is peanuts oh, to yes. this guy. Everything is billions. Million. If he's listening to this, I'm, I, I'm sorry, Jeff. I love you. So Jeff, would say, you want to see the next million dollar creation? Yes. He went and got this thing that was the weight of a styrofoam brick. <laughs> and he said, and it was painted like cement. Gray. Yeah, gray. And he said, that's new Crete. And we're like, what is new Crete? And he said, that is the world's lightest concrete. It looked like styrofoam. It was light like styrofoam. And invented in Winnipeg. Yes. Right? And he, he said, I got an inventor friend. I can't remember his name. I think, oh, what? Mandra, man. Manfred, Manfred, I think was Manfred, the guy's name. Okay. And he said the, every building in this, in the, in the world is going to eventually be built with new Crete. I'm going to be a billionaire. And I remember Maury Bramwell once telling me what's going to happen in Winnipeg with the wind. That thing is light as a feather. The <laughs> building's going to blow over. And Maury Bramwell was another kind of helper. Helper, a hanger on. Yeah. A yeah. good guy. I love yeah. Maury, yep. but, and we'll, we'll introduce that. Haven't seen character. him in years. So. Then what else did he have? Shaolin monks. That's where I was going. Okay. So he said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a cross country Canada tour. 
and I, I, I'm going to do wrestling one night. And I'm going to do Shaolin monks the next. I said, there's no crossover audience. <laughs> what is Shaolin? I don't even know what Shaolin it's, uh, monks a- is. Asian, I think it's Chinese monks who put on shows that are like martial arts or something. I'm oh, not okay. Sure. But anyway, so I said, just so you know, you can't cross promote this. Like there will be no wrestling fans who know what Shaolin monks are. And there will be no Shaolin monk fans that are like, Hey, I can't wait for wrestling. Would be a great tag team. <laughs> yeah. The Shaolin, yeah, the Shaolin monks. monks. Like the flying nuns the thing is, is coming soon. Unfortunately, if you laugh at Shaolin monks, it's apparently very disrespectful. So I'm apologizing. Yes. I'm not, a, I'm not laughing at Shaolin monks. I'm laughing that this guy believed that there yeah. was a huge market. Yes. Canadian gold. Canadian gold, that one should have worked. And that's actually, I'm going to tell that at a different point of the story. Okay. He had something else that he wanted to do. And it was, um, what was the other one that stands out? Um, it'll come to me. Anyway, so he wants to do a rest. He wants AWE to start. And all of 2004, I had been tied up with my good friend, Daryl Walski, trying to promote hockey gladiators, a hockey yep. fight pay-per-view. So I, I didn't even think really about wrestling, but it was still on my mind. I remember telling my girlfriend, I was like, I kind of want to do it. And the hockey gladiators, that would have been massive been if huge. it didn't get screwed over there. Yeah. If it could have been in Winnipeg and yeah. you know, when it, the man, Manitoba- Philadelphia was supposed to be in originally then Detroit. We actually, we went to, uh, the first site visits were Atlanta, Georgia, St. Louis, where Tony Twist, that's right, an NHL, Tony Twist, uh, an NHL uh, enforcer was trying to help us in there. And what was the concept of hockey gladiators? It was basically for the listeners hockey out there? fighters from semi-pro and pro leagues that were basically paid enforcers would square up at center ice and they'd duke it out in a tournament. I think it was a tournament format. It would totally fly today. It was like well, <laughs> yeah, somebody's right. tried it recently, but you, uh, it was like yeah. UFC, but for hockey. Yeah, players. no, it was a great idea for its time. Yeah, unfortunately, it, they did eventually do it. They did it in Prince George. Anyway, so all of 2004, I'm tied up with that and focused on that. But it was hockey enforcers eventually. Remember, because the word gladiator was a little too stiff. Yeah. Um. So eventually, I come back and I'm like, Jeff, I want to do it, and he's like, Okay, let's do it. We're going to be partners. And this is a very funny story. It's coming to you. Um, <laughs> Boy. So it's all my fault. I mm-hmm. say, let, I knew that we had done the investors group athletic center with PCW. And I said, let's go do that there. Let's do it. And I said, because of hockey gladiators and enforcers, I had met TV people, pay-per-view people in Toronto. Thanks to a good friend of mine, notorious TID, Chris Tidwell, who introduced us to the viewers choice people and the bell express view people. And so there was an opportunity as CanCon to tape delay, basically produce a wrestling special on tape and run it across Canada. And the viewer's choice guy said, I think we could, we can really get behind this and lean into this. So we, so I kept that in mind for wrestling as of like, basically I started emailing, I said, could this be done? Could this be done? And I found out it could be done. So that was a very appealing part of the plan. Mm-hmm. I could produce the first ever wrestling pay-per-view in Canada. Stu Hart never did. Tony Canelo never did. It was going to be the first ever, and it would be tape delayed, but it would be the first ever independent wrestling company in Canada to try a pay-per-view. And it was on a Wednesday night, I believe. The first one, yeah. I think it was... Uh, 9.95. 9.95. And it was Rikishi, Billy Gunn, and uh, Spider, yourself. Yep. Jamie, Jamie Noble. Jamie Noble, Ryan Wood. Ryan Wood, Hacksaw Duggan. Yep. Uh, Kenny Omega was on that. Kenny was he Omega, yeah. no, he stayed with PCW at that point. Oh, that's right. Um, it, make, it makes sense. Wrestle at the lid or wrestle on pay per view. Yeah. So we did the show. We drew over a thousand. <laughs> uh, I think we did 
1300. It was down, it was down from the Eddie Guerrero show, but it was pretty good. Yeah. And that was March 11th, yeah. 2005. Yes. And Just have the poster for that. What's funny about this is Jeff is supposed to put in some money. Oh yes. I'm supposed to put in some money, <laughs> oh, but God. Jeff said his strength would be lining up sponsors. At, we'll yeah. pay for it all with sponsors and ticket money. Yeah. And my job was to push the tickets hard. And Jeff was supposed to have, he was always a couple of days away from money for the next thing. And I think it was for, if I'm not mistaken, it might've been New Crete that was supposed to get funded. And then he was going to take, New Crete was going to sponsor mm-hmm. a, a Action Wrestling Entertainment's Larger Than Life. It was going to be brought to you by New Crete. What a great name. Yeah. I love that name. I'm surprised no one's stolen that. Let them have it. So we do it. And about three weeks before we got to start running advertising, and Jeff doesn't have the money. And I'm like, if there's not advertising, I do not want to do this show because advertising is absolutely paramount to having a successful event. And Jeff said, ah, I'll, I'll get the money. I'll get the money. And it got right to the 11th hour. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm done. We were at a pay-per-view at his house. Mm-hmm. And finally he either asked you or you might've made an offhand comment. Listen, I could probably figure something out here. And basically you lent the money. Thousands of dollars. Yeah. Several. <laughs> to AWE, Jeff Dick. I think Jeff Dick might've given you his word that it would be paid off. I think I'm the only person who's ever been paid back by Jeff Dick. No, I, I know of a few others. Okay. But That's you good. are one. I am The left, first maybe. Yeah. I, I'm left with owed eight, 9,000. I'll never get. And I, yeah. Whatever. But end of the day. You put up the money, we go and buy the Winnipeg Sun advertising. And I, you know how hard that was for me? Oh, you were tied in knots. I I walked into this bank and I need to, I remember saying to the teller, I need to withdraw X thousand dollars. And they kind of looked at me like, huh? Cash? (laughs) And then uh, I remember thinking. if You thought you're never getting that money back. I said to myself, am I crazy? Am I, I, I know this guy's track record. I'm not going to get this money back. But then I said to myself, show doesn't happen. If you don't do it, this show, this opportunity, this pay-per-view, this platform for the guys will not happen. If I don't drop, if I don't write this check. So anyone who says that, Oh, whatever. I'm not, I'm into it for myself. Listen, I drop several thousand dollars that you didn't have to do. With fully not expecting to ever see that money again. Thankfully, I did. Yeah. It, within two months, actually. Oh, no, I, I, well, I guess, two months. yeah, you might be right. It was two months. You but were yeah. supposed to see it right after the show. I was I was feeling sick about that. No doubt. And so, advertising gets bought, show gets had, over a thousand people. And at the end of the night, we're short. We're close, but we're short. And I'm like, oh my God. So I say to Jeff, we're, we're short about $1,500, $2,000. <laughs> I don't have it. I'm like, get it? He's like, I don't I don't have access to it. I'm like, oh my God. Short for what? To pay short it? Short about $2,000. To on, pay the guys? A couple of things. I can't remember what we were. Or short. some bills. Some bills. Something. Okay. And Ticketmaster keeps ticket money until five yep. days after. So we're like, we're short yeah. a few thousand dollars. So I go to two guys that bail our ass out. And I don't think they want their names said, but one of them was Bobby J. And I'm going to say that. And if yep. Bobby is offended, I'm sorry. Bobby J came up with the money yep. then and there. And it was as an advance to the next day. Thank you, Bobby. Probably and wanted harmony. Yeah. He, <laughs> in the industry. Yeah. And so Bobby J saves the day because Jeff Dick didn't have the money. 
So and Bobby didn't have to do that. No. Well, yeah, he he didn't. No, definitely not. And so Bobby said, "When am I going to get the money?" And I said, "Well, we're expecting the cash." Ticketmaster. I said, "There's 400 tickets sold at twenty dollars." He was looking at the house, and he's like, "There's over 1,300 people in here. You, you at twenty dollars, you got you got like twenty six thousand, twenty eight thousand." And I said, "Yeah, but there was costs. Obviously, we had TV. Like we paid Scott Carnegie's company. There was a check that was written to Scott that bounced, but." There was flights, there was hotels, there was a whole bunch of things. Although we didn't put guys up in very good hotels, I'll tell you that. And anyway, so... Par for the course. Yeah, Bobby saves the day. Thank you, Bobby. Yep. And we get out that show and we have two tapes. We have AWE Larger Than Life 1 and AWE Larger Than Life 2. And they debut on pay-per-view and they're good, really good for the time. We used a mostly green roster. Danny Duggan had only been in the business two years. That's right, yeah. He was 16 years old. That's right. Donnie Douglas. We had the King of the Canadian Indies Battle Royal with Big the, O. Big O, the Axe, who I said had very good odds because of the hairline. Um, we had, <laughs> who won that one? That was uh, King of the, Danny Duggan won the Canadian, he? King of the Canadian yes, Indies. He, right? did, he did, yes. He was known as the King of the Canadian Indies. The worst Indies part about this is Rob Stardom, I think it was, gave me the idea. He said, or Danny might have given me the idea. If you tell wrestlers they're going to be on pay-per-view, they'll pay you to be in the bat match. So there was wrestlers, and not all of them. There was a lot that didn't. But there was wrestlers who paid a ticket fee to be in the Battle Royal. They and were from out of town, too, I believe. Two guys from Iowa who I don't know their names is what I say yeah. in commentary. Wasn't there someone from Edmonton as well? Uh, Brady Roberts. J.D. Michaels didn't come in for that. I think no, Brady, J.D. was in was for another one. Brady Roberts on that show? Yeah, I think he was, actually. Yeah, there might have been a couple of... Ed- also known as Brady Malibu. Yeah, there was a couple of Edmonton guys. It was it was the Minnesota guys, too, didn't you? Did did you use... Um, d- no no offense. Did you use Bano for that? Albano? I don't know who no. that is. No. I, no? The captain. No. 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 no, he means El Bano. El Bano. Oh, I don't He's know. like a masked wrestler from Oh, I think uh, there was... Uh, Punisher Rob James was on there, though. That's right. Yeah. Rob James, yeah. yeah. Who was actually extremely... Oh, yeah. I forgot about Extremely him. good. Because he was training with... Sorry, Bano was training with Johnny Devine. I think that's why I had. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was training. He came, they were coming up to train with Johnny. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. he definitely was okay, not on fair that enough. show. Okay, so anyway, it's named after a toilet in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tremendous. So we we did the show, lost a little bit of money, but the thing was, we were out three or four thousand dollars. After the pay per view ran, we got the money. We ended up eventually in the black on that show. I made money on my on mm. a big show, which is. Uncommon. Right? So you are the first ever Canadian promoter to produce a pay per view. Yeah, that's a trivia question for all yep. you B sheezers yeah, out there. It's amazing too. It's like people say, "I." If you say, and there are people that say this, that by trying to do more, we damage the market. Well, what we're just trying to at that time, all we and they're saying, "Oh, the petty, the petty B she's that you were trying to put other promoters out." Well, no. What I I had a concept. I knew I could do it. That's what makes people mad is when you try to be a disruptor, they get really mad. And that's what we did. I was disrupting the system. This episode of Be She's Wrestling is powered by First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store, where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Bees She's Wrestling listener, you can get a discount on your purchase using the code Bees She's. That code is B E E Z S H E E Z. One word to get ten percent off. 
visit the store online, firstrow.ca, or instead of click and order, go brick and mortar. Meet the guys at First Row in person, 1835 Main Street, Winnipeg, Manitoba. First Row Collectibles, Canada's online and in-person collectible store. So coming out of that show where I kind of, there's people who with revisionist history will say, well, Mike just tried to disrupt the system. Yes, I was a disruptor, but I was, I had a vision and a concept and I knew to do it, you had to have the balls to do it. And that maybe changed the system a little bit, but the show ended up on pay-per-view and we all benefited from production, TV production, a great show and being on pay-per-view. There was a certain level of pride you could have in that. Yeah, it's just a cool thing to say. Like, hey, yep. you were part of this first ever Canadian yeah. produced. That's cool. See, there was a guy named Aaron Weiss in Toronto that was using compilations of New York footage and a bunch of different promoters' footage to put together pay per view specials. But he wasn't producing his own content. We were producing our own content. I hated the gear I wore on that show because my gear didn't arrive in time. I had to wear like this, like pur- these purple trunks. I didn't like it. Ah, there you go. I was very upset about that. So Anyways. we come out of that show. We don't have a lot of money. Jeff, are we doing anything more with it? Ah, I've got something cooking. I've got something cooking. I've got something cooking. I've got something cooking. He had a new concept. Oh, what was this one? He was going to start Canadian Gold Bottled Water. (laughs) Oh, yes. And what Canadian Gold Bottled Water was? Uh Oh, the jacket's jacket's coming off. I can hear it. You got a bell in your pocket? I got a bell in my pocket. Is that a Blue Bombers uh, cowbell? Yeah. Canadian Gold Bottled Water. This was a million dollar idea. He was going to take the quality of Canadian bottled water, which is high end water. And he was going to export it to China where they have a population density issue. And the quality of water wasn't very good. They had Dasani and they had Aquafina, but he knew he had the access to good Manitoba spring water. Manitoba spring water. This sounds like a great idea. And he told me that they were he was going to make himself two pennies per bottle sold, and it was going to be hundreds and thousands of dollars a week in pay for him. And he was going to take the profits from that and put it into wrestling. Well, before there was profits, there was investment capital. And he got investors to, to invest. And eventually he sold his partners on this idea that he was going to take this action wrestling entertainment and they were all going to invest money and then they were going to put $100,000 into action wrestling entertainment. And weren't they going to tour China? Yes. That was the plan. I remember you were going to go to China. Yes. More than once I was supposed to go to China. I remember this. This was the first time. And I believed him. Yeah. I'm going to go to China. We're going to, we're going to run shows and because the population of China is so big, we're going to draw no less than 7,000 people a show. Be the first time he offended somebody in China. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to make Got million. to spread that offense out over yeah. the world. I was going to be gone for 60 days promoting events. You were going to go too if you quit your job, but you weren't going to quit your oh, job. I was smarter than that. There would have been a lack of harmony there was, in China. You got to stop using that word. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, what ends up happening is that we take the he takes some investment capital from the Canadian Gold Bottle Water and he puts it into wrestling. <laughs> and yeah. we start and the first the, the whole summer we're off and on Thanksgiving Saturday October 5th 2005 we come back 
with what I believe was called AWE's... Harsh Reality? Nope, that was the December 6th and 7th show. Uh, Back to School Bash, and you know why he called it that? We were at the university again, and he... Didn't care that Andrew Shellcross called his show that. And he was like, we're back. School's just back. We're calling it that. And I was like. We're in a school. Yeah. And I was like, that's a dick move because Andrew calls his show that. And we're already at odds. He said, I don't care. We're calling it back to school bash. So we called it back to school bash. That's right. I remember. Was that on a Tuesday night? Uh, Saturday. Okay. Saturday was of, December was Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday. Yes. Tough nights to draw. So we go and we get Rikishi, Brian Christopher. Um, Buff Bagwell makes his debut. Lex Luger. A juicer. Yes. Lex Luger comes to town. Billy Kidman. Billy Gunn was there, wasn't he? Nope. For that one? Nope. Billy was at the first one. I forgot to mention him for Larger Than Life. Was James Corba's favorite? Black Pearl? Nope. Not yet. Please Peas? Nope. Okay. So. Just shut up now. I think that was <laughs> it. I think it was Kidman, uh, Rikishi, Christopher. Luger, Bagwell, and I can't think of any. Was there any of the Steiners there for that one? Or was they, nope, I know they, they were, were we announced them for December. Okay. Now, before we had Lex Luger I as our marquee name, we almost had to go with Diamond Dallas Page because that was, and he wanted five grand. And I, I, I was like, I don't like this. That's too expensive. Jeff said, I need you to book a name tonight. So I called Buff Bagwell, who I'd worked with before at PCW, and I said, who can I get? He's like, I can get you Lex. Lex Luger? Yeah. So I said, how much? Perfect. Well, he's probably not going to work a match. We'll come up for you. So I said, yes, give me his number. So I have my first phone conversation with Lex Luger. What an amazing conversation. So we're talking, he's like, I'm going to need $2,000. Uh-oh, I'm talking about payoffs again. <laughs> oh. You're going to get a call from Lex? Yeah. So Luger is like, I need $2,000 and I'm not wrestling on the first show because I'm not in, I'm, I'm in good shape. <laughs> I'm in good shape, but I'm not, I, I'm, I'm in, I'm not in Lex shape. I'm in good shape for Lawrence Fole, but I'm not in good shape for Lex That's Luger. right. Yeah. He would refer to himself in two different people, Lex and Lawrence Fole. So we agree. So finally I'm like, I called Jeff and I said, Lex Luger wants $2,000. He's not going to wrestle. And I said, he's the best name I can get. And he said, just do it. Just do it. So we bring in, so I'm paying Lex Luger a, a, a pretty large sum. He did draw people and he didn't wrestle. But he, the deal was I bring him in the first time, second time he's going to wrestle. So his, the whole thing was he was a commissioner. We did lobbying Luger where guys came in. You went in and talked to him and told him you had a juicer and you wanted the match against the Steiners. I thought I had the best Best argument. Yeah. Lex, following in your footsteps, taking con- taking care of my body, training. He's like, how's the diet going? Diet's going good. I go, I bought a juicer. And a he, juicer. Yeah. He had this thing where he oversold with his eyes. His <laughs> eyes bugged out. Yeah. He was great. Very nice guy. Yeah. I, ex- I enjoyed the experience of working with and Lex. And we will post the picture of me petitioning Lex Luger for that match. Too. I have the video of that, too. I, you do? I've, I provided that to you. I yeah. remember some of these vignettes, if you will, maybe for the wrong reason, because I can remember very clearly the big sexy beast talking yeah. about their cookie, cookie nipples. Yeah. And cookie nipples. They talking about their cookie nipples. Like yeah. they had nipples the size of cookies. And it was so off putting to me that I've never forgotten it. Cookie nipples. Yeah. Yeah. AJ Sanchez and Kevin Chevy come in and they make their pitch to Lex Luger. <laughs> Do you remember this? I'm not. Yes. Yeah. What? I'm not crazy. I don't remember this. Do you yeah. know how we came up with this? Stan Saxon was my co-booker. <laughs> Weird. 
And he was an amazingly creative person. And I Is it wrong? Him. I want to see their nipples now? <laughs> Same. <laughs> Call AJ and let, I say, show me your nipples. <laughs> so we, we have, we call, or um, Stan Saxon calls this lobbying Luger segments where locals are going to go in and tell Luger why they should wrestle Rick and Scott Steiner. Lex cut this promo to start saying, we've booked the Steiner brothers, Rick and Scott, and they're real brothers <laughs> and they don't get along. And so he, and he was talking about endomorphic, seismorphic, right? Yes. Like he, yep. he was incredible. Yeah. These segments were very good. They were good. So it all culminates in an angle where Lex Luger is going to announce who's taking on the Steiners and he's going to announce it's him and Buff. But he, he's going through and he said, I got, you know, I was, I had visits from the Mecca Shane Madison and you put your arm up thinking he's <laughs> announcing you. I had the big, or I had Sanchez and Chevy and they re react and Ryan Wood. And then he says somebody else and he's like, Ryan Wood. So both times Ryan Wood sold. <laughs> it was amazing. So we get through. That's the, that's the show, um, back to school bash. What I forgot to mention was Scott Carnegie, huge value still to this day in the wrestling scene. At the same time, we're going to be launching more AWE productions. Scott sends larger than life to Brian Sobey at the, at the soon to launch fight network mm -hmm. owned by Leonard Asper now, but at the time not. And Brian Sobey watches it and he's like, this is good. I'm going to give you guys a TV contract. I'm going to pay you. I don't have much to give you. I'm going to give you $10,000 for 52 weeks. Now, if you think about it, that is not very good money, but that's a TV contract where a TV station is going to buy your, your license, your footage. Thank you, Scott Carnegie for thinking of it, for making it happen. So larger than life happens. And, uh, yeah, it was incredible. So we are now on the Fight Network. We're the first Canadian production that they pick up at that time. Again, another first. Did the Fight Network start in 2005? Yeah. Is that when it started? That's when they started. Owned by Mike Garrow, who eventually would take Jeff Dick and I out for lunch. So we and to this are, day, I'm friends with Mike Garrow. We are the first Canadian production pro professional yeah. wrestling organization on the Fight Network. Yeah. Another, another trivia question but for the out there. Again, I was not trying to damage the market. It, although I made it harder for Andrew Shellcross and PCW, the goal was simple. We're going to do production, TV, pay-per-view. That is the business plan. That is not, hey, your bar show doesn't work. It was, we're doing something, and it's going to be it's big. totally different. And that's where people now are saying, like, when Mike Davidson does it, he doesn't care if it damages the market. Dead where, wrong. Where are we at this week? Yeah, we haven't bothered you this week. What, what, what percent are we at this well, week? Well, we know if it's happening or not, don't we? I guess so. 88.5 okay. or 12.5. It's one or the other. <laughs> there you go. Now, what ends up happening? We've got the TV deal. We've got the pay-per-view deal. We continue. We, go, we, set, we start running uh, small town shows with Ryan Wood out there promoting Morris and Bozager. All of a sudden, I bet you CWE is going to be put, picking up some of these towns. Morris, Bo they've run some of these towns before. Morris, Bozager, Brandon. Yeah, I, I think remember we these stayed shows. out of Brandon. I think we stayed Morden. out of Port of La Prairie. I don't remember going to Morris. Didn't we go to the steak place? And that was Morris. Morris, okay. Yeah, so we were in Morris, Bozager. Who's on those shows? Uh, just locals and Johnny Devine. Yeah. We hired Johnny Devine to be the head trainer. Was Jay Rockney on those shows? Because I had a hell of a story about Jay Rockney. Uh, we ended up doing. 
we were doing about one show a week was the plan and it was working. It was good. Business was where we wanted it to be, but it was losing money. Unfortunately, I was put on a salary. Maury Bramwell was put on a salary. I think he was director of operations. Ray Ducharme was put on a salary. <laughs> Ray Ducharme. I, I can't remember. He, one of them was director of marketing or something. I can't remember. Jeff Dick had a salary. Um, so we had, we were getting, you know, a little bit of scratch for doing wrestling. Second time I'd ever been put on a salary. Didn't last forever. So ends up, we go into harsh reality and I, we booked the Steiner brothers. That was December. That was a two night show. December, I think 11th, 12th, 2005 on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, I believe. Was it fourth and fifth, maybe? Maybe the fourth and fifth, but it was a Tuesday, Wednesday night. Yeah. And I remember it was at the Investors Group. We needed to do two nights because we were running into a hard time getting enough content created. So we did one night pay-per-view, one night TV. That was the night that I actually chose after that show. I I stopped wrestling for four years. Because we damaged the market. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, the market's burned. I'm out. No, no. Yeah. And I just, I was, I just had enough. I just, and it wasn't anything that you did or didn't do. Because I felt bad here. No, 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 no. I just, it, it just said, you know what? Well, and the pressure was getting, like in fairness, the expectation on talent was really tough. Anytime you do TV, it's different. And it was like, we're going to do this. We're, we're going to get serious and we're trying. Mm-hmm. We're try- and we're in over our heads. Let me be very honest. I didn't know what I knew. I mm-hmm. thought I knew everything, but I didn't know everything, but I thought I knew everything. And we're, we d- we're drawn. Okay. But I remember we did it. We heavily papered four and five, like the two nights. We had a hell of a time getting people in there. And it, it was just things are fall, aren't really falling into place. I remember Rick and Leona, who were two of the investors. Oh, they, my gosh. All these names? Yeah. So funny when I'm thinking. Michael Dew was an investor. <laughs> Michael Dew. Solomon was an uh, investor. <laughs> these are all names of characters yeah. that need and to we, be. And we yeah. all. <laughs> Solomon we all, would be a hell of a referee yeah. name. We all, Solomon. We all, owned, <laughs> we all owned shares and we were on the board of directors. Coming soon. And Jeff was a board of director and owned shares. And, and there, every day we're hearing Thailand's buying water, China's <laughs> buying water. The check is, the check, check just needs to clear. Like, I can't remember, but it was a, an insane amount of money was supposed to be coming in, like millions. Jeff Dick. So anyway, we do the show. Scott Steiner's on the show. I'm going to tell the Jeff Dick story in a second. Remind me. But Scott Steiner's on the show. <laughs> Rick Steiner's on the show. Billy Gunn's on the show. Chuck Palombo's on the show. Buff was on the show. Because I wrestled yes, Buff. Yes, because Buff, Buff and Luger were supposed to wrestle against yeah. Steiners, but Buff, but Lex Luger didn't get across the border. Which we've talked about in the yeah, past. Yeah, on he had a, a child support late payment and they held him up. They had, there was a warrant. Remember everybody was pointing their fingers at, like Buff I, was pointing yeah. fingers, Lex was pointing yeah, fingers at Buff. it's all Buff's fault. It's all Lex's <laughs> fault. Scott Steiner said they both acted like idiots. And then Lex blamed me and I blamed Canada Customs and then I was told what happened and I had to apologize. It was, it was an ordeal. So we, Billy, got, Billy Kidman was supposed to be on the show and he no-showed. Wait a second. Would Lex Luger have wrestled on that show then? Yeah, he's supposed to wrestle a tag match. So Lex Luger would have, that might have been, that could have been potentially his last match? Did he wrestle after no, 2005? No, I think he wrestled some indie shots in Did six he? and seven. Okay. Before he had the spinal aneurysm right around the time Benoit's death. Uh, yeah, around the Benoit, mm. Benoit death. Anyway, so great show. We go to an after party at what was called, what was that? It was a sports bar. Where was it? Uh, Pemina. It was the. It became Vodka Rocks. Uh, I can't remember what the sports bar was, was called. Dylan O'Connor's. It became Dylan's, but it was Bar Barca. No, it wasn't. I can't remember what it's called. It is. Okay. Anyway, 
And all of a sudden, Rick Steiner comes up to me and he said, you better go and save your money man's ass. And I was like, what? My brother's going to kill your money guy. I was like, what? He's like, Scott's losing his shit. He's going to kill him. And I look over and I can tell there is a very heated conversation going on. So I come over to the table. And Scott and I had a great relationship. Got along with him very well. He was a ribber. I, I'm a ribber. We, we, we had an under... the understanding that mm. we just snickered a lot. And so I said, what's going on? And he's like, I'm going to kill this guy. And I was like, what's the problem? And he's like, he tells me I don't know business. I work for Ted Turner, Vince McMahon. This guy thinks I don't know business and he knows business. <laughs> I'm going to kill this guy. And Jeff is like, I tried to explain to you, the bank machines won't kick out any more money for me tonight. I've hit my daily limit. I got to go to a bank to get more money tomorrow morning. I can't help you. I owe you some money. I'm going to pick you up at the hotel. We'll go to the bank get you the money and get on the plane. That's not how it works. My envelope should be full. So I'm, I said, Scott, what are you short? And he's like, I've gotten this much. I'm supposed to have this much. I think it's a, and then it's Canadian. And he's like, right. the currency conversion, he doesn't quite get it. And he's like, <laughs> I'm not sure how much I'm short, but I'm short. Scott, I promise you, we're good for the money tomorrow morning. We'll pick you up from the, and he's like, you tell me I don't know business. He looks across the table and I said, Scott, I promise you it's going to get better. Maury Bramwell actually came to the table because if Scott had decided to kill Jeff Dick, I didn't, I think the whole room could have tried to pull him off. We, (laughs) for one, Jeff couldn't defend himself and we needed to make sure there was that someone. So Maury Bramwell was the guy that was going to try to protect Jeff Dick from Scott, but luckily Scott did not. He cooler had prevailed. So Scott left. He's one of the few big name talents that ever left not having full money. My guess is he's short, maybe three or $400, but he, um, he was short. I feel bad about that. I should probably send him a PayPal or something <laughs> anyway. So, cause he got up in the morning and Jeff Dick went to the airport, but couldn't find Scott check in at front desk. Oh, he left about an hour ago for the airport. Jeff was like, what was I going to do? Run to the airport and hope he's still there. Like, well, yeah. And you know, in Scott's defense, how many times has a wrestler been stiffed on a PO? Right? Yeah. And he's so, being I mean, told he's going to get the yeah. money in the morning and he just got tired of waiting, changed his flight. I guess Jeff could have wired it to him, which probably would have been the best. Well, the way. idea was he's supposed to be coming in in February anyway. There was a return date. Scott yeah. Stein was going to wrestle a singles match. So I called Scott. I said, I'm so sorry you left. He's like, don't worry, get it to me next time. And then there was no next time. Then. That was when Brian Danielson was supposed to come in, was it not? Ooh. Because I have him in one of the AWE uh, magazines or the pamphlets or the event guides or whatever. Brian Danielson is listed in there. Interesting. That would You know what that would have been? Danny Duggan would have been in my ear saying, or, John, or Johnny Devine, but probably Danny would have been in my ear saying, this is the biggest name on the indies. Let's get him in here. And I, I yeah, it rings a bell. And we'll take some pictures and we'll share those on our I social think media. Jimmy Yang was supposed to be in too. That would be cool. Yeah. I, I, I was a fan of his. Yeah, Jimmy Yang. Yeah. And I can't remember who else, but I remember yeah. Gabe Sapolsky lost his sheet. It was like February, like six around then. Yeah. That's when the show was supposed to be, yeah. 2006. It might even have been January, but anyway, it was supposed to happen. Yeah, I remember so that. So then the chaos starts. What happens to kill action wrestling entertainment? So what happens is... We're out of money. (laughs) Common phrase. Thanks, tips. Yeah. And Jeff Dick actually, believing that the Thailand uh, contract on water was legitimate, it was a forgery. He got screwed. And he went and he put down $40,000 in salary, which was investment money. It actually should have landed. It probably was not good. And I'm not sure that, like, whatever it was, I believe it was, 
investor money. But anyway, he took 40, it might've been salary, whatever it was. He took $40,000, put it down on a down payment on the house and said in 30 days, when the Thailand money comes in, I am going to buy the rest of this house. And they said, this counts as a down payment, but if you don't come through, you don't get $40,000 back. And you don't get the house. And you don't. She don't. And guess what happened? Oh, no. Oh, no. He did not ever move into that house. He did not get the $40,000 back. Yeah. It was bad. So around this time, there was so much turmoil. And to Jeff, to de- deciding that uh, the company's got to become a cash flow business. And we knew that there was pay-per-view money coming. For, and we had actually our first pay-per-view, AWE Larger Than Life. I think we did 900 buys. That's right. Second one did 11. The third one did 1,400 buys in Canada for harsh reality. So we have another ca- great name, and and the price went up. We went from nine ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine, or it might have been eleven ninety nine. Eleven ninety nine, yeah. So it went up. Yeah. So we got a bigger cut. We got, I think, we got five ninety nine. So anyway, money comes in, and there's DVDs, there's stuff, but we're we're way in the red. And Jeff Dick's idea was he was going to go to Edmonton, and we we're going to run shows in Edmonton. He was going to go get a whole bunch of sponsorship money bring that back to run the business. And then we go out and do the shows. He was going to start pre-selling a bunch of sponsorship and tickets. And then with a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of money in advance for shows that we would still have to deliver on, we would go out and run these shows. And then, but we'd always be behind the eight ball because all that Edmonton money was coming back to pay some bills here. Then we had to go run the Edmonton show. Then we would have to sell here so that that would pay for the Edmonton show. It was basically like a cat and mouse. It was basically like a shell game. Yeah. Didn't basically. we do, didn't the summer before then, 05, didn't you, me, and Jeff Dick go to Edmonton? I think and, that was 04. That's when I OD'd it? on the caffeine, caffeine pills. pills. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure that was in the summer with Sean Houston. Yeah, that's right. We drove out for a road trip and, and that's we when wrestled he, for Monster Pro. That's right. And then he started, Jeff Dick started get, maybe getting a little bit of the itch. Or that's he, when it really ha- yeah. happened. And he, Why was he with us? Because he had that, he had the vehicle for Heat Magazine. Because so we didn't need a rental and no one took their didn't own Didn't we car. hit a deer on the way home? Remember yeah, but I, I remember I OD'd on caffeine and went home early. <laughs> That's right. I almost died. Yeah. We almost thought, died. We hit a deer. Yeah, I thought I was having a heart attack. Yeah, you guys were on your way back because I think <laughs> Monster Pro was the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. Or Saturday, Sunday. Do you remember how bad you were sweating in the bathroom at the Edmonton Mall? And oh, yeah. you're just like, I was vomiting. <laughs> I was sick because I, I took. So, what happened was I, oh I worked a night shift and then we drove to Edmonton. I, and I stayed up talking, like telling stories the whole ride. So, I didn't sleep. I went, got to Edmonton, go to bed, wake up the f- next morning. I feel like, I feel like I'm, I haven't had enough sleep. First thing I said to, to Wheeze, Hey, can you give me two caffeine pills? Yeah, no problem. Why did I have caffeine pills? I don't know, but you had like a whole bottle. ECA, ECA stack probably. So oh, okay. back that that's the I time take period. two pills okay. at like eight o'clock in the morning. I don't feel better. <laughs> I don't realize it's hitting me. I look at the bottle and it says two pills are like, you know, one pill equals two cups of coffee. We should mention that UFC's uh, energy drink Zions went out of business because you stopped uh, drinking yes, them. Yes, they stopped. Then you can't get them in Canada. <laughs> because you yeah. stopped. You yes. put them out of business. You stopped drinking them. I was addicted to energy drinks and caffeine. <laughs> so I took two pills and eight. 10.30, we're at the mall. I'm not feeling good. <laughs> the mall wasn't even open yet. That's yeah, the other yeah, thing the I remember. the stores weren't even open. We're walking around an empty selling. mall. And I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I take two more pills. <laughs> oh, shoot. So I now have had, by virtue of oh, how much the pills are, I've had no. eight. I've had eight cups of coffee. At 12 noon, when I have my slice of pizza, fuck, 
I'm still feeling run down. <laughs> I take two more pills. So I've had six caffeine pills, 12 cups of coffee. And I don't realize I'm talking a little faster or anything. You're pale, you're yeah, sweaty. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't know because the caffeine is actually working, but I feel like I'm tired. <laughs> so we get to the show. It's an afternoon matinee on Saturday and, and it's right. two o'clock in the afternoon. Great venue, wherever yeah, that was. I'm, I'm not feeling good. So I take two more pills. So I've taken eight pills now and I feel fine. Like I've, I'm starting to feel a little bit better, but I'm a little dizzy. And at intermission, I take two more pills. I've taken 10 oh, caffeine God. pills, 20 cups of coffee. Why is this a good idea? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. Like, I didn't think there was any harm. Listen, to the people who say you, you haven't changed, I can tell you you're not an idiot anymore. Yes. Yeah. So at the end of the show, my heart, like, I'm not feeling good. I don't feel right. You don't look good. I'm, I can't, I can't focus. You were I'm dying. sweating. <laughs> you were dying. So dying. Jeff Dick yeah. is driving us in Edmonton. Is that at this trip? Do you go to the fast food counter and ordering carn, carny, and they and they somehow understood it and gave you what you ordered? Yes, yes, I remember this. He orders in carny, and the person doesn't even say excuse me. They just get him what he ordered in carny. Do you remember you what you ordered? Where did we go for that? I think it was a Burger King, but it might have been A yeah. and W. Yeah. I I it was didn't. one of those burger stands, and he carnies what he wants, <laughs> and the person works. And not lazy carny. No, it was he full carny. That's. I was wondering if we could get a demonstration, perhaps a you know whopper that and might fries. Expose carny, uh, and then you move, yeah. might be called I stooges. I don't know if I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be called a stooge. We again. don't want to upset the harmony. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> We're getting in trouble for using that oh word. Oh my gosh. They own, We're just poking the bear. They now. own that word. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we're driving after this, and I've had now put some food in my system. And all of a sudden I say, and Sean Houston's in the back and you don't look good. He says, and I said, stop the vehicle. <laughs> and I get out and I'm vomiting violently. And you get out and you say, give me the pills. And I was like, I need them. And he's like, give me the pills. <laughs> oh my God. It was, you were like he an addict. He grabs the pills and he throws them. Remember how hot you were yeah, too? Like, don't do that. Cause I thought I needed them. In a ditch. So I get in the car and I barely make it back to the house. <laughs> Remember this? And all I, you guys are going out that night and I am like, no, I'm going to stay back and sleep. Yeah. I need to sleep this off. Oh, man. So I somehow managed to sleep for an hour, even though I've got all this caffeine in me. This is, what a sidetrack. So I'm, and then you guys are out at the bar and about 9.30 or 10 o'clock I wake up and I can't, I'm wired. Like my eyes are, are wider than Lex Luger. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, like a dog who can't stop moving around. And you guys are out for four more hours. Finally, you guys get back. I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going? How was the bar? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, and Sean Houston's like, you're, you're like, your pulse is racing. I said, yeah, the caffeine's finally hit me. And he's like, you, you need to go to bed. And I was like, I don't think I can. So I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there. And now my heart is starting to pound and it feels like it's hurting. So the guys go to bed. It's four o'clock in the morning. They're all drunk. And I'm like, I can't sleep. I can't sleep. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. And I said, Jeff Dick, I think I'm having a heart attack. And he said, call an ambulance. I said, can you just help me? And he's like, I don't know how to help you. Call an ambulance. <laughs> and I said, no, I'll be fine. I go up and Sean Houston's sleeping on the couch. And I start staring at him. And he said, yeah, why, why are we crashing in this house? Whose house was this again? It was the, one of the partners of Monster Pro. Yeah. Massive Damage That's had right. a partner and we yeah. stayed in his house. I remember that, yeah. So Houston's on the, on the couch and I'm just staring at him. Staring, staring staring he said he could feel me looking at him he woke up and he was such a nice guy he sat up with me for a couple hours well and then we go back to west edmonton mall and i'm still sick 
my girlfriend at the time had driven from Winnipeg to Edmonton oh to spend the weekend. Gosh. She had just arrived at like five in the morning and I called her and I said, I got to go home. She's like, I just got here. I was like, I'm not feeling good. I got to go home. We drove all the way back to Winnipeg. She was a saint. Nice girl. Shout out to Steffi. Yeah. So we, we go home. About an hour out of Edmonton, my heart slows down and I start to feel better. I couldn't believe it. So that's one of the funny stories of Jeff Dick. So let's get back to the board of directors. There's Leona. There's Michael. There's me. There's Solomon. There's Rick <laughs> and Rick. Love it. Rick. Yeah. And there's Jeff. And there's a reason I don't give last names because it just, I don't want to besmirch their names. They come, they come to me and they say, we need to remove Jeff Dick as the CEO of the company. And I'm like, okay, fire him. No, the board has to vote. Has to be unanimous. So it won't be unanimous. Jeff isn't going to vote against himself. We need a majority vote and you're the swing vote. I'm like, hold it. He's the only vote against. Mike, we need you to vote. I said, I don't feel comfortable voting Jeff Dick off the island. Survivor was a thing. Yeah. He said, they, they said, you need to talk to our corporate lawyer, John Delaney. And John is going to explain to you why you have to vote with, with, the, with the vote with the board. So I call this lawyer and he's like, listen, there's such thing. I have to explain to you, there's such thing as director's liability. And you could be responsible for some of these losses. All of a sudden, you I'm know. like, all the second, all, all of a sudden, all the second, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my God, what do you mean? I could be responsible for the loss. He said, you could be responsible for the investor's money. For your own sake, you should vote in in unison with the board, and then you're protected under under the because the incorporation is right. its own entity. That makes sense. So he said, if you vote with the board, it's the incorporate it's the corporation that owes the money. If you vote outside of the board, you then could be held in director's liability. Okay, I'll vote with the board. So I sign a piece of paper that basically exiles Jeff Dick, and they immediately shut off his cell phone, and he's out, and he's not happy. So A-W-E is essentially... No, I become the acting CEO, and the whole point is that I'm going to recruit a CEO, a CEO <clears throat> who I can work with, and I'm going to stay the booker and vice president of wrestling programming. Mm-hmm. We're going to still try to keep our Fight Network TV deal. And what month was this, do you think? February. No, it might have been January, December, somewhere in there. Is it? So either December 05, January 06. Yes, yeah, it's, like it, it's a tough time. Okay. So... Jeff comes back. He's furious. He said, you voted against me. I said, I was told I had to by a lawyer. I said, I was told there's director liability if I don't vote. He's like, you're an idiot. And for a time, he was very upset with me, and rightfully so. So that was the end of AWE because I tried to hire Dan King to be the new CEO, and he thought Rick and Leona had money, and he started trying to get them to back him on other projects, and they didn't have money. It was... It was like this big song and dance. They were always very good to me. All the board was very good to me. It was a weird time. It was really, really weird. Bit of a Ponzi scheme almost, like, hey, well, like a pyramid I, scam. They man- I think they managed to get away with it because they, they, I guess it was kind of like, it didn't, the investors didn't act fast enough. They, eventually in 2010, they got sued over it, but everyone blamed everyone else and no one ever got held responsible on the water end of it, not wrestling end. I never got, actually I got called to a, I got called to a deposition from their lawyers 
And I said, like, I was very honest. And the lawyer said, we've never had someone give a deposition where they were so honest and so damaging. And I was like, am I going to get called to court? He said, yeah, you likely will if it goes to court. He said, you didn't tell me anything we didn't already know, but nobody has said it so colorfully. Because I was like, these people didn't know what they were doing. We, I said, one of the quotes I said to the lawyers is, we bought more wrestling rings than we bought pallets of water. <laughs> and they were like, that's the problem. Yeah. That, is you, that is illegal what you guys did. And I was like, I didn't know. I was told, I actually consulted with a lawyer and he said, answer every question honestly in a deposition because you're sworn in. He said, anything yeah. is, that you lie is considered contempt of court. Interestingly enough, W5 comes to Winnipeg to do a story on Sarah Stock. So we booked in Sarah Stock versus April Hunter on the December show. And I was told to do an interview and they, and in the feature, the W5 producer said, or the reporter says, meet Mike Davidson. He's Canada's version of Vince McMahon. Oh, wow. So wow. A hell of a not putover. A, not a great putover nowadays. No, no, certainly not. At the time, it was a great putover. <laughs> but it was like, and Sarah's story was great. It showed her in Mexico. Then it showed her coming home and her parents being at a show. And it was, they interviewed me. And, and I think they interviewed Marty. But for, I don't think Marty Goldstein's interview made it into the piece for some reason. And, um, but Jeff had these ideas. He was going <clears> to, <throat> he was going to do an event center. And he was going to pre- Not as good as me. No, 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 not, not as good as the B. She's <laughs> wrestling event center. Of course, coming soon. But he was going to do a rest, like a, a an entertainment center. And his idea, and he, he he actually circled back to this several times. But in Vegas, he was going to do. Oh, this is a good story. We go to Las Vegas, and we meet a guy that's going to help us get American pay per view, which was going to be a game changer because we would have gotten like probably five times the money. So we would have been getting maybe. F- Ten or fifteen thousand dollars a month in pay per view revenue, and he had the he this guy had the connections, and he had a TV, he had a syndication product similar to America One, but not quite. And so we were gonna, he was gonna, he was gonna be in charge of the American distribution of AWE overload, and we were gonna run Las Vegas. Actually, very funny story. We actually got walked. This guy's name, I think, is Rob Hawkman, and he took us on a walking tour through MGM Grand. It's an eighteen thousand seat entertainment venue. And Rick and Leona and Jeff are like, yes, we're going to run this. <laughs> and the guy said, okay, we can talk numbers and rent it. We went to the Orleans Arena. Yes. Oh, they, they, they thought we were going to go to Vegas and we were going to draw tens of thousands of people. And I was like, I don't think wrestling works in Vegas. Like, mm-hmm. how do you draw? Like, well, you get the people off the strip. People off the strip aren't going to wrestling shows, I thought. So we go into the MGM. It is a huge building. It's empty. And mm-hmm. I'm like... How much does it cost to rent this place? Uh, well, we'd have to do a quote based on your needs. How much do people do you think you'll draw? And I said, 1500 They said, we're not the building for you. This would not make sense because they, I think they did the UWF blackjack brawl. was at MGM and they drew. Oh, really? They didn't even fill the floor. They, oh, they, yeah. they drew like four, 400 people. The Orleans, I think there was... There was something. That's that, where Global Force Wrestling did that's it. And right. that's also where NWA did some stuff with triple with uh, one of the Mexican promoters. But that's where Jeff, I remember he spoke with them quite reg- like quite regularly about yeah. running shows. So there. they were very That was gonna be the home venue in Vegas for yeah. W or for AWE. Yeah, at the time. yeah. So we ended up we ended up talking to them and they wanted um I think it was five or seven thousand dollars a month rent. So then this guy takes us to what was called the all sports arena, which was actually more of a roller rink. And Jeff, man, we're sliding down the hill yeah, here. and it's off the strip <laughs> and we go and Jeff's like, we're going to, we're going to lease this space and I'm going to sell season tickets. And one night you're going to get wrestling. Another night you're going to get 
like he had this idea that one night you're going to get a concert, one night you're going to get a comedian, one night you're going to get dirt biking. Oh yes, that 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 idea will uh, renew itself and when it, it comes it back haunts to us. Haunts and, us. And the whole idea was, I said, Jeff, who's going to buy a season ticket to get wrestling one night? Country music another night. He's like, people do that. It's entertainment. People buy entertainment. And they're supposed to come every night? Every night. Well, you, yeah. <laughs> he was going to do seven nights of entertainment. And you oh, had man. a season ticket. You could go 30 nights a month. Who's doing this? <laughs> and he's like, the locals will do it. It was a nice venue. He thought he was going to produce TV there. He actually eventually got Rikishi really excited about this venue. But we never did it. He, I was supposed to move to Las Vegas. Never happened, thank God. Jeff Dick did move to Vegas. So that was kind of the story of where Jeff was. And it kind of tells you this guy was a dreamer. Like he, he believed, I remember them telling me about, cause we're losing money on AWE. And I'm like, I don't like losing money. And they said, you have to think of it like a jumbo jet. It takes a lot of fuel to get the nose of the plane off the ground. And it takes a lot of fuel to, to take off. And then eventually you get to your cruising altitude it takes a lot less fuel. Right now we're in the takeoff mode. Eventually you're going to be in a cruising mode. And I'm here like, I'm thinking my partners want to, they're okay with wrestling losing money. I don't understand this. Right. But that's how they thought. They thought of it like a large corporation. And AWE ends in, I believe we officially ended. We said, Hey, we're not going to end up doing anything in somewhere in January. I'm acting CEO, which was an imper terribly embarrassing title because I had no decision-making power. The bank had no, the bank account had no money in it. We had an office that we were getting kicked out of. And Where was the office again? It was on corner of Broadway and Donald. Okay. Very high priced office. No kidding. Like it, it was a lawyer's office. Well, they're all about, the, he was, Jeff was all about the optics, right? Yeah, he wanted the image. to present like a big, yeah. big time image for sure. Yeah. So, so AWE was officially over February, March of 06. Yeah. And then Jeff Dick goes away for a while, like not go away to jail. No, he, <laughs> that comes later. But So Jeff and I stay in contact all through 06 and we're going to wrap it before we get into it. But yeah. somewhere in late 06, Dan King comes to me. And wants me to mm. spearhead New Wrestling Nation. Yep. And he tells me he wants a grand vision. And that vision ends up being booking the Trailer Park Boys, which was not what I had originally suggested. What I originally suggested, I said, you got a big budget? He's like, yes. I said, okay, we're going to do Teddy Hart versus J.D. Michaels with Brian Hebner as the referee. We're going to do this, this, and this. It was all a theme of mm -hmm. big matches. He said, no, that's too grand. I said, okay, well, I think it was Lay Randy Leahy or whatever from... Trailer Park Boys? The two, two, two different guys, but sometimes they call him Randy Leahy Ran on the okay, show. Okay. Randy. From Randy and Leahy. And Leahy, yeah. Randy's not one of the big three, is he? No. That, no. Bubbles, Julian, and Ricky okay, are, the, yeah. are, the, are the main. So I go, to, I go to Dan and I say, hey, Sarah Dunsworth's guy is Randy, I believe. Randy Dunworth? No. Okay. Sarah Dunsworth and John Dunsworth are related. Leahy was... John Dunsworth, Sarah Dunsworth is, was his daughter. Okay. So she was somehow through Sarah Dunsworth. I knew that the who's two. Sarah Dunsworth? She was hooked she was, up with Gary Williams. Yeah. Wild Man Gary Williams. So you're up oh, to speed. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So anyway, okay. Sarah Dunsworth's dad was on Trailer Park Boys, and I was going to use the heels from the show in Grand, in Prince George oh. as part of the W the New Wrestling Nation first show. And what ends up happening is 
I pitched it to Dan and I said, then you can come back with bubbles or a baby face from the show. You get the heels over, you can come back with the baby face. Heels are working for three, $300 a night. And was Jeff involved with New no, Wrestling no, Nation? No, not at all. Jeff and Dan King do not get along at all. Right. So what Two swerves don't like each other, I guess. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So Dan takes it. Why would we do the two heels? Why don't we try to fill the building and get the trailer park boys, the three major stars. So I said, okay, like I had a, a vision where you get the heels over, you bring the baby faces in, it would be something special. Anyway, so Dan and I worked together and we, I love Dan to death, but we could not get on the same page. I remember this because I was. You, you flew in and yeah. Dan and I are fighting and I'm like, Dan, I don't like, I get into town, I drive in. Yeah. Why did you drive in and I flew in? Because I think I went with the ring. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, we took the, we either used massive damages ring or no, I think what happened was we actually, we actually hauled the ring from Winnipeg there. I drove in a rental van with Adam Knight, Wavell Star and Aiden Pringle. Mm -hmm. Great time. I had a great time with them. But anyway, so we're, we're, we drive in and I'm in the hotel room and I'm watching the news and Dan cuts a promo on the local news, on the local <laughs> news. And he does it as a heel character. And I said, you're the promoter. You should be the good guy for the sponsors and, and the town. You cut a heel promo. How do we, we look sleazy. And we get into an argument. We have two different visions. And I said, Dan, you have all the answers. Why do you need me here? I'm going to go home. Oh, I remember this. I'm going to go home. Cause I, I just, I'm not cut out for as a booker to have you tell me what you think when we've already talked about what we're going to do here. This and was when Dan approached me to yeah, take over take the over booking. Cause I was going to fly. And I was like, what? So what ended up happening? Jeff Dick was like, he thought of me like a cheating spouse for doing the deal with Dan. And when I told him, he's like, I'll, I'll start up right now. I'll start up. I'll start up AWE right now. And I was like, well, no, I've already given Dan my word. And he's like, that, he, the guy is, he, he's like, it'll never work. That guy's, that guy's an egomaniac and he will not listen to you. He'll not respect <laughs> you. He's filling my head with a lot of stuff. So I get there and Dan and I are not on the same page. And I, right after I saw the news clip, I called Jeff and I was like, he just cut a heel promo on the news. He's like, how's that going to work for you guys? I said, I don't know. I, I have a feeling I'm going to go home without doing the show. And Jeff said to me, you get to the airport, you tell me you're there. I'll buy you your plane ticket home. That's why I said to Dan, I don't need to stay. Mm -hmm. Like you have your vision. Yeah. Yeah. You went home. No, I stayed. You stayed? I stayed. What ended up having Dan and I you have it out. You're in the room. I get called in the room. Yeah, because I'm always the one Dan's, who has to make the Dan's piece. Dan's smoking like crazy, and he's like, <laughs> and he apologized. I apologize. We hug it out, but we are not on the same page. Yeah. And here's the bad thing that happens on this show, and this is close to where we're going to wrap it. The Trailer Park Boys fly in on the day before the show. Oh, yeah. And I said yeah. to Dan, fly them to Vancouver yeah. for a night. Let them party their face off. And then get them from Vancouver to Prince George the morning of to do the media. He's like, no, I got the media all lined up. I said, what's, he's like, I'm getting them the penthouse suite. They're going to stay in the hotel. I said, okay. Cause if they go around the town, yeah. it's going to damage them to draw. They see them for free. What right? happens? So kind of like working the merch table. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we go to Earl's that night, Ryan, who's Dan's partner and I to go out for dinner. Dan's off doing something. We get in and, Ryan said, the trailer park boys are here. I said, fuck. Sorry to swear on the show. I'm like, 
this is not good. And everyone's coming to the table to meet them. I'm like, oh no. And they're in full character. They're in full character. They're out to get laid. Yep. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to be seen. And what does Bubbles do? I, I, he goes to the bar after. Do you remember what he did in the bar? He took pictures with everybody. Nope. What? He stood on the table. Oh. Remember that? He stood on the table. I didn't go to the bar. I stayed in the hotel room that night. I was tired from the drive and I was very frustrated. I want to get up in the morning and do a lot of good things. Dan wore his fedora through the whole town. Never took it off. <laughs> he stood on the table. Bubble stood on the table and made a gigantic scene to a roaring ovation. Which meant wrestling was never going to draw with Bubbles yep. on the show. They've already seen him. Yep. Seen him for free. Gave it away for nothing. Yep. But they got to go out, party their face off. They don't care if it draws. Yeah. And, it, you know, it might have worked if you'd have booked the Green Bastard. That was Bubbles' character. That was he the, was. Yeah, that's what they he did. He gave me the Stone Cold Stunner in the ring. But the Ugh. problem was... Gave it away. Because they had been in the town all night. Yep. No, everyone got a picture with them. Every, no specialness. Everyone got to drink with them. Not The show suffered. How many people were at that show? Under a thousand. We ran yep. the big arena in Prince George. I remember it was like January 7th, twenty. 20- Oh seven or two thousand seven or something. Was it that early? So, May, it was I January. It was late January. Maybe it was late January. I remember. I remember there being a lot of snow because I remember I walked yeah, home from snow, that after party. They had a snowstorm. I I ended up going to the hotel and I was just like I was distraught. It was not one of my better showings, and I I remember getting home and one of the first phone calls is Jeff Dick and he said how'd it go? I said it was. They lost a lot of money, and uh, the Trailer Park Boys didn't do so well. He's like. They should have sold the place out. I said, I, I, all the things that went wrong. He said, well, we're going to start up because we need to do it right. Because Dan King the whole time said, we're not doing this the way Jeff Dick did it. And Jeff Dick kept saying, Dan Queen doesn't know how to do it. Dan Queen. I'm caught in the middle. <laughs> I'm caught in the middle. Dan Queen. That's what he called him, Dan Queen. Simple he, as this, Dan yeah, Queen. Yeah, Dan, <laughs> Dan Queen's an idiot, he kept saying. So I'm caught in the middle because I actually loved working with, like I loved Dan the person. Yeah. And I was going through a breakup. Dan was so good to me at that point. But wrestling-wise, he to be his booker, he's going to tell you a million things he wants. And he's going to keep changing his mind. And I'm a very autonomous booker. So I said that, I said at that point, I'm done with New Wrestling Nation. I don't know if they're going to do anything else. And Jeff's, Jeff's was coming into money with the beginning of New World Order. Or New World Order. New, New World United. One world, one world, one world united. Thank you. We're going to slip in the NWO theme there. New, yeah. new, new, new world order. <laughs> yeah. And that will be where we pick it up in the future. So this That's was part one. Part one. It was Jeff Dick, AWE, two thousand three to early two thousand six, two thousand seven. Yeah, actually, early two thousand seven. The best is yet to come. But if you love this story, let me just tell you: it ends with CRA, income tax fraud. Jail time, not for me, but one hell of a ride. Part two coming up. But of course, before we get there, we do still have the B She's Wrestling Event Center. This is your B She's Wrestling Event Center. We start in British Columbia. Friday, February 23rd, Boom Pro Wrestling is in Vancouver. Friday, February 23rd, Canadian Apex Wrestling is in Vancouver. Saturday, February 24th, All Star Wrestling is in Cloverdale. Saturday, February 24th, Boom Pro Wrestling is in Vancouver. And finally, Saturday, February 24th, 365 Pro Wrestling is in Victoria and Sook for two separate shows. We move to Alberta 
Thursday, February 22nd, Love Pro Wrestling is in Edmonton. Friday, February 23rd, Can-Am Wrestling is in Okotoks. Friday, February 23rd, Real Canadian Wrestling is in Calgary. Friday, February 23rd, Love Pro Wrestling is in Edmonton. Saturday, February 24th, Can-Am Wrestling is in Calgary. And Saturday, February 24th, Best Entertainment Wrestling is in Lloydminster. We shift to Saskatchewan. Monday, February 19th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in North Battleford. Monday, February 19th, Renegade Wrestling is in One Arrow First Nation. Tuesday, February 20th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Prince Albert. Tuesday, February 20th, Renegade Wrestling is in Ocean Man First Nation. Wednesday, February 21st, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Saskatoon. Wednesday, February 21st, Renegade Wrestling is in Labrette. Saturday, February 22nd, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Weyburn. Saturday, February 24th, Prairie Pro Wrestling is in Saskatoon. Saturday, February 24th, Best Entertainment Wrestling is in Lloydminster. Sunday, February 25th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Estevan. Monday, February 26th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Carlisle. And finally, in Manitoba, Friday, February 23rd, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Winnipeg for their 15th anniversary show. Saturday, February 24th, Primo's Wrestling is in Thompson. And finally, Saturday, February 24th, Canadian Wrestling's Elite is in Morden. And that has been your BG's Wrestling Event Center. I lost count of how many events there are. How many was that? 25 events. You know, I... How? I, I I go to Mexico, all these shows happen. Go figure. Um, that's the part one of Jeff Dick. People have been asking about for DCs months and months of and the months. And people, I hope what they take from the show is, Jeff, you hear so much people say he was a bad guy, or he's a bad guy. He's still, he's still around. And this is a guy that wanted to do something amazing and just didn't consider what it would take, didn't consider what it would cost lives the life of a dreamer and i one day hope i can live the life of a dreamer and just ride it um working with him was both agonizing and adrenalizing it was amazing and i appreciate that you introduced me to him in (laughs) august of 2003 yeah i would not have changed a thing in the ride next time we talk about him which won't be next week because we've got some other stuff to talk about Next time we talk about him, we're going to talk about WFX mm-hmm. and how that came to be and how we negotiated with Hulk Hogan and Chris Benoit, or no, Chris Jericho rather, and how we swung for the fences and hit a few home runs and damaged the marketplace apparently. As we're getting close to episode 100. It's coming. Inching forward. Five more to go. Mm-hmm.